another week which means another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll and sb nation lakers community uh you can find our work over at silverscreenandroll.com uh but if you're listening to this podcast you probably knew that um i'm christian rivas one of your hosts and a contributor at silverscreenandroll.com and i am here with jacob rude jacob how are you doing today sir because i am doing fantastic uh we were talking a bit beforehand but everything is always uh more fun, at least, when the Lakers are winning. And the Lakers have won a lot. How's it feel to be the the optimistic one here? Because you're the one who predicted they'd go 3-0. and Yeah, I did. And I did. predicted 2-1, <laughs> and one, and you nailed it. I did nail it. And, that, like, in your defense, I think you were just trying to make things interesting. Like, Well, yeah. And, I, I mean, I was trying – I did not expect – Utah looked awful offensively. Oh, yeah. Until tonight – um, but yeah, Utah looked awful offensively. I did not expect them to look that bad. I, Mike Conley had like the most low-key swag of anybody in the league. Like just the way he played, then Utah sucked it all out of him. Like no, moving to Utah. he's done well tonight. He yeah? All, he, he had 14 in the second or third quarter. I can't remember. I'm pulling up there. We're recording um, as this game is going on, and yeah. he has... 24. 24 on 9 of 14 right. shooting. So Mike Conley's yeah, back. Good for him. It just takes takes a few few days to shake off that Utah. Um, like coming to terms with the fact that he's going to have to spend the next, what is it, two seasons there? I was going to say that Utah nightlife takes a while yeah. to get used to. <laughs> and not for uh, the reasons you think. <laughs> uh, 90 to 71, the Jazz currently lead the Clippers. Um and it, what a weird night in the NBA, by the way. Uh, the Warriors are currently up, or sorry, not up. They're down fifty-six to eighty-three. I'm just so used to the Warriors just running through every team in the league that I set up. But yeah, no, they're really, really bad. I had them penciled in to my Western Conference like playoff picture just because I thought like a team with Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, and Fillers were gonna figure it out. Like, Steve Kerr was going to figure it out. I do not see any possible way that they make the playoffs, especially um, if Curry's wrist injury is, is anything serious. So, yeah, what what a weird start to the season this has been. Except for everybody but the Lakers, it seems. I mean, it's been a weird start for the Lakers, but for different reasons. <laughs> the last couple games have been awesome. It turns out that... I mean, I don't even know because they lose to the Clippers and then the Clippers got blown out by Phoenix and then are getting blown out tonight. So, I don't know. It it has just been all around a weird start. But I'm glad the weird start leaves us near the top of the conference. Yeah, I mean, and even weirder than that, Lakers fans are cheering for Dwight Howard at Staples Center. And I'm talking loudly. Lakers fans love Dwight Howard. And if we're being real, Jacob, I love Dwight Howard. He is he's playing so well. Uh, he's doing all the little things like everything he said going into the preseason about watching Draymond Green and seeing like all the little things he did and wanting to do that for the next team he played for. He's done like he leads the team. If and if I remember correctly, unless it changed the uh, overnight, 
He also leads the league in net rating right now. He's he's awesome. I'm not even gonna pretend like I call or like said anything else. Like I'll eat crow, hundred percent. Yeah, I was very very wrong. I'm very very happy to be wrong. I went I went and did my own tweet Mageddon or tweet Armageddon last night on myself for all the things I said <laughs> about Dwight. Yeah. Um, at the or in the preseason before the season started and whatnot. And I could not be more wrong, and I could, like I said, I could not be more happy to be wrong because um, he's been awesome. Like finally, everything he said in the preseason, he's actually following through on, and he, yeah, I mean, he's just been awesome. I was trying to see, so yeah, of guys who have actually played rotation minutes. Dwight is first in the league in net rating at thirty four point four. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. Um, I personally also did not think Dwight Howard was going to make as big of an impact he, as he did. My caveat with Dwight was, was always if he can stay healthy and if he can actually mature, and both of those things seemed unlikely. The former of those two things is still to be determined, but, I mean, obviously everybody's knocking on wood, hoping that he has a healthy season. Um but the latter seems to be working out like pretty smoothly so far. Um, I'm interested to see how it progresses when Kyle Kuzma gets back and the traditional center rotation probably takes a hit. Somebody's losing minutes. Shouldn't be Dwight, uh, to be clear. But, I mean, it, the minutes got to come from somewhere. Uh, and that's probably something we should start the show talking about. Kind of just set it in passing. But Kyle Kuzma, according to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, is expected to make his de- regular season debut for the Lakers on Friday against the Dallas Mavericks. Kuzma, of course, suffered a stress reaction while competing for a roster spot on the FIBA Basketball World Cup roster in August. Uh, he has not been able to play full contact like basketball since, but uh, he had a, was on assignment with the South Bay Lakers on Wednesday Went through a good practice. Uh, we'll have practice on Thursday. And bearing any setbacks, Kuzma will take the floor with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on Friday, which is a really nice sentence to speak. Yeah, he's going to be – it's wild to think how well the Lakers have been playing without him. Arguably, if not their third, probably their fourth best player. Um he is going to still even unlock a whole bunch of things for what this offense can do. Um, for how well the Lakers have been playing, most of it has been on the defensive end. Um, they've just been unbelievable on the defensive end. And offensively, it's kind of been rough. Um, he'll be able to come in, spread the floor, do some shot creation, especially if what we saw during the summer Um is basically the real Kyle Kuzma now, um, and he's actually progressed. It'll be big. It's yeah. It's it's wild to think about. He was just kind of a, I don't want to say an afterthought, but I, I the last couple games I haven't really been thinking about Kuzma while watching these Laker games. Yeah, and I think like I haven't think I haven't been thinking about Kuzma either, but I've subconsciously thought about how much the Lakers would benefit from like a big forward that can create their own shot and make plays for others. I mean, that second, that secondary playmaker Lakers fans have been talking about all season. Um, and we don't know if Kuzma is that yet, but from what he showed at the tail end of last season and everything he talked about in the off season, 
he really did push to become that playmaker. And that's that's really going to be the key for him um, to be an extremely valuable player. I think any any guy that can put up 20 points per game off the bench is obviously a valuable player. Um, but obviously, if you can be a multi-dimensional pl- dimensional player, teams love that, uh, and especially the Lakers. I mean, they have scorers in theory with Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, just guys that can shoot the heck out of the ball. Um, but as, as far as somebody that can make plays, I mean, I guess you have Rajon Rondo and Alex Crusoe off the bench, but Crusoe's minutes have been fluctuating, and, I mean, Rondo isn't healthy, and when he is, uh, you know, the jury's out on him. So the hope is that Kuzma can be that player, uh, and I, I genuinely don't see any reason why he can't be. Uh, he seems to have put a lot of work in the work in the summer, and if, if you can say a lot of things about Kyle Kuzma, but the one thing you can absolutely say about him is that that dude works real hard. Um, and when you work as hard as he does, I just think those types of guys just usually figure it out. Um, and he's pretty damn talented too. He's going to give the Lakers, we talked a little bit about it last week, just having a wing out there, kind of a three, four, four, three, however you want to classify him. Because there's been a lot of times, not a lot, there's been a few times this year where the Lakers have run some four guard, four guards around the AD um, I think it was like Quinn Cook and Bradley and Troy Daniels and KCP um, around Anthony Davis, which it's worked, but I don't know how sustainable that is. Having somebody like Kuzma, who's probably better than all those other guys not named AD, right. having him out there, having a bigger player, a forward, um, will just kind of change some of the things the Lakers are able to do in their rotation. I don't know... Who takes the biggest step back in terms of minutes? If I had to guess, maybe Troy Daniels, but it's not like they're a like-for-like like position. So I'm not really right. sure who takes the biggest step back in terms of minutes uh, when have to he think comes it's, back. Yeah, I'd have to think it's JaVale. Yeah, well, yeah, with how he's playing, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. And the See, the, the thing I personally am most interested in seeing, though, is I think logically you can make the argument that Kyle Kuzma is going to be the most valuable as a tertiary option to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because why wouldn't he be? He's really good at moving off the ball. Uh, if, if he can rediscover the shooting stroke he had in his rookie season, he's going to be that guy you want in the corners. Um, and you know, if defenders respect him because of his reputation for a shooter, despite the, the numbers not being there. Um, he's a guy that has enough, you know, tricks in his in his basket to to beat a guy off the dribble. So, um, obviously, I, I think that's pretty obvious. I think he's going to be great next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. What I'm most interested in seeing is whether or not he can be that guy to take take charge of the second unit um, and and be that player everybody thinks that the second unit is missing right now when when LeBron James and Anthony Davis aren't on the court uh, and really having giving Frank Vogel the luxury to not play those guys. Uh, as many minutes as they're playing right now, which, I mean, isn't that much. It's like 33.2 and 32.5 minutes, respectively, for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, um, he'll take a big burden off them for a lot of reasons, like you said. Um, Less of a scoring burden, which they haven't needed to do quite as much since that Clippers game. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he fits into the uh, the lineup, especially 
I don't think he'll start, but kind of those yeah. closing lineups, mm-hmm. how defenses treat him because obviously LeBron and AD are going to be the focus. You're not going to leave Danny Green open. And if LeBron and AD are the focus, it'll be interesting to see how Kuzma, how many open shots he gets. He didn't shoot well on them last year, how he kind of reacts to those and um, how, how he kind of, like you said, he plays well off the ball. He cuts well. Um, if he can find those open spaces and kind of play off LeBron and AD um, and see what the offense – I mean, in general, I think he just opens some things up for him offensively that absolutely that yeah. they really need. And I, again, I, I tweeted this out earlier, but I, I do not see why Kyle Kuzma can't average 20 points per game this season. Like, playing, playing off of Kyle Kuzma and Anthony Davis, if he's going to average, like – 30 something minutes per game like he did last season as as their sixth man which is the expectation right now I don't I don't see a scenario in which he starts because that involves playing Anthony Davis at the center and if there's anything that's been talked about this season it's the fact that Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center excuse me um so yeah I, I don't see him starting I think he'll play that sixth man role pretty nicely Frank Bogles already said uh that having Kyle Kuzma back will probably make it more enticing to play Anthony Davis at the center, which I'm guessing means JaVale will probably probably be that first sub off the bench um, with AD moving to the five and Kuz moving to the four or three. Uh, and then obviously LeBron would either stay or move up. So uh, a lot of interesting lineups they can use. Um, defensively is where I think the biggest concern is. But I think if he becomes that multidimensional player on offense, like as a playmaker, um, his shortcomings on defense become less of like a massive problem. And with, I mean, depending on the lineups he's used in, the way Dwight's playing defensively, the way mm-hmm. AD's playing defensively, it's not hard to be a just an average defender. Um, don't give up. And he's never been a guy who hasn't worked hard, like you said. Um, so effort really shouldn't be an issue. If you can just kind of keep guys, stay attached to guys, don't give up open looks, um, kind of funnel them to the rim where Dwight and AD are, um, you should do fine. I mean, like I said, Quinn Cook has played big minutes. Uh, KCP struggled. Jared Dudley's played a bunch. Troy Daniels played a bunch. And the defense has still been incredible so they can get by with some of these um lesser defensive lineups when Dwight and AD are playing as well protecting the rim as they are and that's kind of I mean we talked about it a bit in the preseason but that's kind of the benefit of having some of these like twin tower lineups is that um you should you're always going to have people at the rim to protect it and when one guy goes for the block the other one's there for the rebound to clean it up so um most times it's been Dwight going for a block, then AD can get a grab-and-go rebound. So um, if he can just, I mean, show the effort he has, I'm not nearly as worried about his defense just because of how well Dwight and AD have looked. It's so wild. It's just I know we talked about it already. <laughs> Dwight, there was a moment last night where Dwight was leading MVP chance for Anthony Davis at the foul yeah. line in 2019. And I was like giggling watching it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely insane. I I didn't expect like I think I said earlier in the season. I don't see how Dwight Howard could be any less impactful than Tyson Chandler at like 
whatever age he is. I think he's 35. Um, but I didn't, I did not expect him to be this impactful. I mean, he's been an absolute monster on the offensive boards, which the Lakers haven't had in quite some time. Somebody that, that gets after it on the boards like he does. Um, he looks more comfortable in his own skin with every game, just like physically, he looks more mobile. So he's starting to catch those lobs. Like I remember the first game of the preseason, um, he just, he looked like he had no lift and I was like, Oh no, we got the washed version of Dwight. (laughs) And obviously, obviously he doesn't have the same lift that he used to, but he can still get up some. Um, and he's, he's look, he looks quicker. He looks pretty good defending in space. Which I did not expect. Like, um, who who did the Lakers play last? Was it Utah? No, Memphis. Sorry. Mm-hmm. When they were playing Memphis yesterday, I think Delon Wright took it out and was trying to blow by Dwight Howard. Or Delon Wright doesn't play for the for the Grizzlies anymore. Um, anyway, somebody was somebody was taking it from outside, tried to blow by Dwight Howard, and he just stayed in front of him like the entire possession. Which is not something Dwight Howard, or at least the <laughs> Dwight Howard that everybody knows, does. He's still playing himself into shape, which you can forgive. He sat out basically the entirety of last season. Um, it's been weird because JaVale was the one playing so well in the preseason. He started off really well. And yeah, I was very worried about Dwight watching the preseason. He had no lift. He looked He looked washed. And as the season's gone along, it's kind of it went from like they're both playing well to now Dwight's the one that's like shining bright and might have a case for being in the starting lineup. And Javale, I mean, I thought the Memphis game was the worst one he's played yet, yeah. and it's only getting worse. I don't know. I don't know if he's kind of looking over his shoulder. I know there were the reports last year that uh, Zubat's playing so well. Javale was not pleased and that played maybe some part in getting him traded i don't know if he doesn't handle competition well but um he's gonna have to figure something out because this isn't a case where they're gonna trade dwight like they did zubats um if he doesn't get it figured out he's going to the bench and but yeah dwight has looked better and better he's playing himself more and more into shape and yeah, he's made a couple of those plays where he's stayed in front of guards or, or cut off some of those um, drives to the rim and made blocks. He had one where he – I can't remember who he went flying over top of. I think it was last night and rolled all the way um, to the bench. And, again, like I find myself laughing at Dwight. I could not have in a million years predicted this. I was so staunchly against how Dwight left L.A. And it took all of the season's, what, 10 days old? Yeah. And, and I've completely forgiven them. Like, yeah. what a weird, what a weird timeline we're on right now. It 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 truly, truly is. And I remember, I mean, even going back to October, I remember there was a report that Dwight Howard had said that um, he wanted to improve on, or sorry, one of the questions they asked him before signing on was. Does he feel confident being able to guard guys like Joel Embiid on the perimeter? And I laughed, like an audible laugh reading that report. And I I don't know if he can. I think very few guys can defend Joel Embiid. Certainly not John Collins. He got baptized the other day. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. But definitely bench bigs 
I think if you ranked all of back all of the backup centers in the league right now with the way Dwight Howard's playing, he's probably top five. So I hope that's sustainable. Uh, and then when we get back from our little break, we'll talk about themes from the Lakers season that are sustainable or that can be sustainable. Uh, and then we will preview the week ahead for Los Angeles. Jacob, the Lakers are on a three-game winning streak. They are After losing to the Clippers, they have not lost a single game this season. Um, unless, and, and, unless I'm forgetting a game, which I'm sure I am, every day feels like a blur. It is a, feels like it's been an 82-game season, and it's only been like less than two weeks. Um, none of the games outside of the Clippers have been particularly close. Well, they haven't been close in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them have been close in the first half. Oh, that Memphis game made no sense to me. Charlotte what? one was bad, too. Yeah. What are they? I don't know. And not. <laughs> I was going to say it's because they play Alex Russo in the second half, but Alex Russo didn't play until, like, garbage time against Memphis. So He played a bit um, in the first half. He didn't look great, but I don't know what it is. I mean, the Memphis game, obviously, it was uh, – AD going absolutely bonkers, which, good lord, that man was, yeah. that was fun to watch. I, I, uh, <laughs> I was laughing every time he went to the line, and the brief thought of like, well, this is what Harden does, went, came into my mind, then I like qu- quickly got rid of it to make sure I wasn't thinking that, but uh, the that was so fun, <laughs> that game. Um he saved us in. I mean, Caruso kind of turned the tide against the. Uh, it was a jazz game. Um, I don't know what it is about this team starting out so slow, but it's been fun those second halves to watch. So I, if I said something wasn't sustainable, I don't think they're going to win every game after the <laughs> Clippers game. Although I'm happy to be wrong about that too. Yeah, I, I it could be recency bias. Um... But I genuinely, I, the as I was watching that game on on Tuesday, or was it Tuesday? Yeah, as I was watching that game on Tuesday, I could not like recall the last time Staples Center was that rocking. Like, not even last year with LeBron James, can I think of a time that Staples Center was that loud to the point where like on my TV. I could say like, "Wow, the stadium's really, really loud." Like they love Anthony Davis. The one I remember from last year, which there might be others that listeners are screaming at us. The Spurs game early in the year that went into overtime, where LeBron hit that wild three from like thirty feet away, and then um, he had that that and one in overtime where like Josh Hart saved the ball and Lonzo saved it from going out of bounds, and yeah. he had the and one and turn to the crowd but that's the only time i can remember staples center being that loud in a long long time um because they were loud jacob and very, chanting, very chanting loud. taco tuesday too yeah they were they were into it and i mean whether you're a clippers fan or lakers fan you're probably a lakers fan if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> can't imagine a clippers fan listening to this podcast um that's that's just fun. Like the fact that Los Angeles basketball is in a good place again is is great for the league. Um, 
and especially when you have a superstar player like Anthony Davis. 40 points and 20 rebounds is an insane stat line. Like, I think he put something close to that up against the Lakers last season, um, which was Zubat's breakout game against the Pelicans. Anthony Davis still went off. They ended up winning that game. Uh, Let me pull that up really quick, because I know I remember leaving that game like, yeah, the Lakers won, but Anthony Davis had a really good night, and I hope the Lakers trade everybody for him. Um, It was... 15 point or sorry 15 rebounds and 30 points not exactly 40 20 but not too far off either uh and the most insane thing about it was how many damn free throws he shot and i did not know until after the game that dwight howard held the previous <laughs> record for most free throw makes uh by somebody wearing a lakers uh, lakers jersey i remember the game that he did that it, i'm almost certain it was in orlando yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, I remember they were doing the hack of Dwight all night long. That game lasted forever. Um, but I don't. There were. I don't even really have words for how good Anthony Davis was last night. He did all that with a bum shoulder too. Um, he just relentless. Like the way he kept attacking the rim, knowing that. Like, there were a couple times I pointed out it. I mean, I'm sure most people noticed it. He wasn't even letting guys pull him up, like, with his right arm. Yeah. Um, when he fell to the ground. Uh, he kept having them only pull him up with his left arm. That shoulder wasn't in great condition. Um, Especially not to be shooting free throws that often. Like, I go to the gym, not regularly at all, but when I do, I'll just shoot free throws and I'll take shots. And by, like, the 20th shot, I'm just like, all right, well, it's time to go home. And that may very well be because I'm washed. I was going to say, when I look at you, I don't necessarily think of <laughs> Anthony Davis. Hope that's but not offensive. Still, no, 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 definitely not. Um, but, man, to shoot that many free throws on a bum shoulder, I don't imagine. I feel like from a physical standpoint, that still puts him above me and my regular people's shoulders, but just barely. Like, <laughs> I feel like that is – an uncomfortable situation to be in. Uh, I really hope this isn't what we have to do every game. I know it's kind of come with the uh, comes with the territory of having Anthony Davis, where you have to consistently worry about his health. Um, I tried to look that he he tore the labrum in his other shoulder a few years back. He doesn't really have a history with this shoulder, so I'm hoping it's just something minor. Um, every time he goes down. I get a little bit worried, and man, that guy goes—he goes flying to the ground a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pete pointed it out, but he—that man, for a guy as tall and as coordinated as he is, um, he—I don't want to say loses his balance, but he does something all the time where he ends up on the ground, and it worries the hell out of me. Oh no! Well, yeah, I saw that little break in the pod uh steph curry suffered a broken left hand thursday night um i mean the tweet's since been deleted but i mean i can't imagine oh no no it's still yeah there. i was gonna say it's still up yeah uh that is horrible steph curry is probably the greatest shooter i've seen in my lifetime He's, I mean, I think he just is the greatest shooter. Yeah, and he's um, my favorite point guard in the league. So, wow, that is 
horrible. Is D'Angelo uh, on the trade block now? Probably. Um, I mean, they can't trade him till December 15th. December 15th, yeah. Man, that sucks. Injuries, injuries are horrible, man. Like, I remember watching the NBA finals this this year and just wanting the Warriors to lose so bad and rooting for the Raptors. But as soon as Kevin Durant, like my girlfriend, it's a long story, but she has like this weird fascination with Canada. She loves Canada so much. <laughs> and so when the Raptors made the finals, like she was so stoked, got a shirt and everything. Um, so we wa- I watched it with her. Really wanted the Raptors to win. Uh, and she was like genuinely confused as to why I was so like devastated that Kevin Durant got hurt. And, sh- and it's like you get these type of talents every once in a generation, like it's specifically with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, two of the most dominant scorers we've ever like the league has ever seen. Not even like in my lifetime, the league. So, man, that sucks. Like regardless of how you feel about the Warriors, I like not having Steph Curry in the league is bad for the league. It particularly sucked last year because not only is KD a, a once in a generation talent. I mean, when he first went down, he was playing definitely the best he's ever played in Golden State and like some of the best best basketball he's ever played. Um, and to see a peak guy at his peak powers, especially in a playoff environment, uh, really sucked. And I mean, the same with Steph. Um, Steph tonight, he's... I don't really know how anybody roots against him. Um, yeah. He's such a, a fun guy to to root for and to watch play. And, I mean, he's... He's changed the way the league the league works. Like, he's changed the league. Um, but with his shooting, so... It, as you said, it's always fun to see those guys play. It sucks that he's not going to be around. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but this Warrior season was already right. terrible, and it's and I, only going downhill now. And I guess that's the bright side, because I had tweeted um, earlier that I felt bad for Steph, that he was going to have to play every game he was healthy for, because I saw, I saw an infographic of the – season ticket prices at chase center my god i do not make enough in a year to afford what (laughs) they're charging at chase center it's ridiculous so of course they're going to make them play um but like realistically they probably weren't going to make the playoffs i mean we talked about it before the break i or before we even started recording i i don't know what i thought i thought maybe they were going to figure it out but yeah, it doesn't look like it. That team's pretty bad. They're going to look even worse without Curry. Um, and I have no idea what they do without or with D'Angelo Russell now. Like, I think he is on the block, but I think timing's everything with that. Do they wait until next season when they have, like, a top five pick and they can package that with D'Angelo Russell? Or do they get long-term contracts for him now, pieces that can help them rebuild? Um because that was a big thing with that Russell signing this past summer is, like, if nothing else, even if they don't plan on keeping D'Angelo Russell, they don't have cap space to add talent. So having that contract is going to be huge for them, um, even if, like, 
they don't have the assets because they gave up all their picks for Andre Iguodala. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, they have next year's pick. So um, that's something. Uh, the I, Warriors, I mean, not that it needed, but the Warriors confirmed that he did break his hand. So it's not a rumor. It's not sourced or anything. It's officially from them. That's a bummer. That's a really big bummer. Um, I mean, looking at it for the the Lakers, I mean, we're going to play them in about two weeks or so. Um, they were going to be one of, I had at the time, I thought would be one of the tougher games. So I don't know what to make of this team now. I would say that D'Angelo would be on the trading block and you try to shed some contract and get um, that payroll as low as you can because they're not going to be anywhere close to contending. I don't think they trade Draymond because they no. just signed him to an extension. But I mean, He's on a team-friendly contract, but I I don't know if there's a player as impactful as Draymond that makes what he does. Like, I don't... It's hard. It's hard to like gauge what equal value is for Draymond because he's such. I don't want to say a divisive player, but he it's is. Certain, I would yeah. describe him as that. And it's it's certainly hard to like quantify his value w- without the eye test. I think. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think. It, the, I guess the uh, the silver lining that we'll end this on is next season. The Warriors are gonna have that, like Lord willing, a healthy Steph Curry, a healthy Clay Thompson, a healthy Draymond Green, a top five pick, and D'Angelo Russell, or whatever they got from a top five pick and D'Angelo Russell. So, uh, I wishing... would imagine Minnesota is going to come calling very soon about uh, <laughs> about D'Angelo Russell because they got him stolen right out from under him. I don't know what they would include. Yeah, I was thinking. I know. Like, um, I I had suggested in the offseason a Jeff Teague, a, a package built around Jeff Teague and Robert Covington. Um, but with the way T-Lo's been playing to start the season, don't know if the Timberwolves would do that trade anymore, if we're being real. Like, before I, I assumed they'd have to include a pick to get that done. Um, now I, I don't even know if that alone gets it done. I guess it depends on what Golden State wants. wants to do. Well, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Cat. Well, I Cat is going to, I think, be down with any trade that gets them D'Lo. Um, yeah. The, I was going to say Golden State because, I mean, Teague would just clear out space. I guess Robert Covington's under contract. He's, but, like, if you, when I'm thinking of that trade, I was thinking it more of, like, a they can help them win now. And I don't know if that'll be the same mindset. Um, they have all their picks. Maybe it's just... A couple firsts and Jeff Teague um, to help replenish what they lost when they traded away Iggy. Uh, I don't know. I would. I'd be surprised if D'Angelo is on this roster after whenever the trade de- deadline is by All Star Week. I'd be surprised if he's on this roster still. Well, uh, there's like I feel bad for Northern California basketball fans because everything is good in SoCal, and it's not just the Warriors <laughs> that that suck. Uh, it's it's the Sacramento Kings. Like, I I'm like I'm even gonna front. I defended Luke Walton. I thought he was a scapegoat for like whatever the Lakers had going on, particularly with Magic Johnson at the top. Um, 
and I I wrote for him, and he's been like awful. Like the the Kings looked like they were on the brink of making a breakout this season. I loved their off season, loved their young pieces. I think Darren Fox and Buddy Hield had like the talent to be in the conversation to be the best backcourt in the NBA in a few years. Obviously, when everybody ages out. Luke Wallen has made them look like Tyler Ennis and <laughs> God, who I can't even Jabari think of Brown. That team. Yeah. <clears throat> Jabari Brown and Tyler Ennis in that backcourt. Yeah. It was uh it's bad. They're 0 five right now, and they could be 0 six by the end of the night. Um No, I think that is. They're 0 five. That's okay. updated. Well uh and the problem with Sacramento is that they're already paying Dave Yeager, who they fired. And they signed Luke Walton to a four-year deal. Um, I don't yeah. think they're going to fire him anytime soon. No, but... they got to stick it out. I don't know how deep the Kings owners' pockets are, but don't imagine that. I want to know what kind of odds we could have gotten on Phoenix being the third best team in the Pacific <laughs> Division. Because, I mean, Phoenix looks legit, and Golden State looks awful. Sacramento looks awful. Like... Maybe Phoenix is going to make a... Because, I mean, Golden State, everybody... A lot of people penciled into the playoffs. Sacramento was right there. Like, suddenly the playoff picture is looking a lot different. Uh, San Antonio probably has a good chance now. Dallas has looked good. I'm uh, I'm stupid. <laughs> I, I... For the third consecutive year, I had the Spurs missing the playoffs. I just <laughs> never learned. No, I feel like nobody ever learns, but me specifically, somebody that claims to be somebody smart enough to write about basketball, I know nothing specifically about the Spurs and their basketball wizardry they have going on over there. Listen, looking at the roster, I don't think I'd blame you. Um, it's a really, really odd roster, and LaMarcus Aldridge has taken more threes than DeMar DeRozan. Um <laughs> They so there's some pieces there I like. Somehow Rudy Gay is still like decent, and I thought his career was dead like five years ago. I don't know. They have a really odd roster that is working for him. Um, and then they have Pop doing his little voodoo wizardry magic, whatever it is he does. Yeah, they're probably going to be in the playoff picture now too. Uh, before we get back to Lakers basketball, which is what we get paid to talk about. Um, if the Warriors and Kings, who were my picks for the 7th and 8th seed in the Western Conference, if those teams don't make the playoffs, just judging by the small sample size we have right now, and like on talent alone, who's going to fill out that 7th and 8th spot? Um, Probably San Antonio and Dallas. Minnesota is technically 3-1. and one. I don't see them... Hanging around, maybe Portland. I would. I'll. I really like Luca and Porzingis. Well, uh, I, I yeah, Portland is in one of my um my playoff spots already. So my top six are in order, and I'm. This may change as the season goes on. <laughs> this will so change this is, next week for those yeah, keeping track. The uh, the order going into the season was Nuggets, Clippers, Rockets. Jazz, Lakers, Trailblazers, and then Warriors, Kings to round out the top eight. I think it could very well be 
the Spurs and the Mavericks at that seven and eight spot. Because, yeah, like you said, Luca and Porzingis look great. Luca mm-hmm. looks even better than he did last season. Like the game has slowed down for him even more. Yeah, if the, if that was your uh, if that's your six, then yeah, I I think Dallas would be almost a lock barring injury. Um, I don't even know who'd really contend with that. Maybe OKC. Their only win right now, though, is uh, the Warriors. Maybe Sacramento gets it turned around. I mean, like they they would have the most talent out of any of those right. teams. I think. I don't know how far this is going to fall before they turn it around. So, I think Dallas is probably a lock. And I mean, it's. I guess I'll just go down with the ship with the Spurs and say that they're going to make the playoffs <laughs> until they don't. I thought the Pelicans were going to make a run for it, and then Zion got hurt, and then... If Zion hadn't got hurt, I think that would be a legitimate case, but that team has already suffered a bunch of injuries, even though Ingram is playing out of his mind right now. Playing really well. We looked um, for this this next segment we were going to do, like, just leaders in the league and stuff, and Brandon Ingram shooting 50% from three on, like, 7.3 attempts. Nuts. Yeah, and like, it's not even like like Danny Green's up there too, but Danny Green had the one really good game against yeah. the Clippers. Ingram's just been consistent all throughout, and he finally looks like maybe it's small sample size, but it, it feels watching him like something's finally clicked. Yeah. And he's just been incredible this year. He just looks so much more confident in his shooting ability. Like, he's always looked good as – somebody attacking the rim i think he just knows he's a lot longer than everybody and and can attack the rim at will but as a shooter like he shot a lot of mid-range jumpers with the lakers but i think it was wasn't on the forefront of his mind it was always get to the rim or pass it out um this year it's i have the ball i'm going to put it up which (laughs) i mean i think he's only finished with a like positive in the box score once this season for that (laughs) reason um but he's he's been stuffing the box score and uh yeah, so shout out to Brandon Ingram. That backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday is a lot worse on defense than I think anybody imagined. I mean Holiday's not healthy right now, but they've both been like horrid on defense to start the season. Yeah, um I I don't know what to make of it because Drew had has had his moments, especially the, the Toronto game. I thought he defended Lowry, Lowry really well, but Lonzo, like, he's got to, like, figure out. He's really good at flying around and creating havoc and getting deflections and whatnot, but it sometimes leads to leaving his man open and things like that or losing his guy, and he's got to kind of find that balance. There's a, <laughs> They have a lot of issues right now. They have almost too many guys. Yeah. Like, um... I know you mentioned today, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, about Windhorse saying that the Lakers wanted a a wing defender and ball handler. I don't know if he necessarily fits either of these, but each one more is just not playing on that team Yeah. through the first four games, and he's legitimately good. They have like, so many guards. Like, mm-hmm. it's Frank Jackson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, or Nikhil, um... I got heat on Twitter for comparing him to Jordan Clarkson, but he's. I tweeted that. that. I didn't know you tweeted. I (laughs) said, "There's so much Jordan Clarkson and Nikhil Alexander Walker." I think Grant Goldberg 
tweeted it too. Like it's there. Anybody, any Lakers fan that watched Jordan Clarkson his rookie season sees it. Um, but yeah, he, he has a lot of Jordan Clarkson in him. Uh, they have JJ, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Frank Jackson, Eton Moore, um, Drew Holiday, just a ton, ton, ton of guards. So yeah, if, if New Orleans is having a fire sale, I hope they're interested in a lightly used Contavious Caldwell Pope. I was going to say, that's, I don't, we've talked about this beforehand. I don't know what the Lakers can trade or will trade. Yeah. I think that's why they're keeping that boogie contract. Um, I don't know if they have a second round pick this year. If they do, maybe that. Like, I think, I think each one more, even if it's not the Lakers, will be like a sneaky good pickup for some team because he's a really good shooter and he's just a solid wing player that, I mean, this was always kind of going to be the case with how many guys the Pelicans had. I think they played 12 guys on opening night, and Zion wasn't even one of them. Yeah. Um, it, it's great to have a lot of depth, but there's such thing as too much depth, which is what the Pelicans have right now. So there's some guys, some veterans there that um, you might be able to nab some of their wings and stick on a a playoff team and that'll be useful it'll be interesting to see i don't i still think they're better than their zero and four i think right now i still think they're better than that but any hopes of the playoffs went out the door when zion had surgery um so i'll just be interested to see how afloat they can stay before zion comes back how disheartening is it that any trade the lakers make this season is dependent on a team being highly interested in Contavious Caldwell Pope enough <laughs> to take on a second year of his contract. Uh, it's disheartening to the point that I don't even think about it. I see, <laughs> I see a lot of people be like, oh, well, you, you can trade KCP and this and this. And it's like, if we don't want KCP, why would other teams want KCP? Well, um, I think I th- the, the plus side is... If you're a bad team playing a lot of garbage time minutes, Contavious Caldwell Pope thrives in those situations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you want to send uh, GM's highlights of KCP in garbage time or in like in late April games or mid April games the last couple of years, you would think he's worth all the money we've paid him. Um, but I mean, I still I said it last week. I still think. Lakers Twitter's been a little hard on him. Um, hopefully he finally broke out, or that little breakout he had uh, against the Grizzlies will get him going um, because they could use a, a wing that can hit threes like that. But I haven't even really considered him. If the Lakers are going to trade anything, it's going to be like Boogie and or JaVale. And I don't even, I don't even know if there's really much else. Like... It's gonna to have to be a. It's not gonna be able to. It's not gonna be enough to get a high price player. Like, I don't know. Jay Crowder is still the one that I think they could put some pieces together for, but I don't know that they're gonna beat anybody else's offer. He's he would be the wing defender type that Windy or Windhorse said. In terms of ball handlers, I don't know, um, because they already have so many guards that you would. Probably have to trade one of them. Maybe you can trade Quinn Cook because he's still kind of young and yeah. would be interesting in that regard. I'm not sure. 
uh, how this they're going to have to get creative if they're going to make a trade. Before we head out, I'm going to do a condensed version of something we were supposed to spend more time on, um, but we didn't because of basketball. Um, the Lakers are doing well, as we mentioned, and it doesn't just show up uh, in the wins and losses column. It also shows up in advanced stats, regular stats. Uh, they are eighth in, the, or sorry, ninth now, ninth in the league in offensive rating, which I was surprised to see. Can, can you guess who is seventh in the league or eighth? Pardon me. In, in offensive rating? Yeah. Phoenix might be up there. No, Phoenix is 12th. The Warriors are uh, eighth. Well, in I guess that makes rating. sense. They're probably 30th in defensive rating. Yeah, with allowing 120 points per 100 possessions. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> like a historically bad defensive team. Uh, so we got ninth in offensive rating. Uh, Fourth in defensive rating for the Lakers, allowing just 96.8 points per 100 possessions. It means a lot of tacos at Staples Center this season if they keep it up. Uh, and then first in net rating. Uh, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, but between offensive and defensive rating, which one do you think they'll finish in the top 10 in? If I, I guess the answer is both. Like Ideally, if they're going to be a top three team in the Western Conference, it probably has to be both. Um <laughs> but for the sake of this exercise, offensive, defensive rating, which one are the Lakers going to hold, hang their hat on this season? Um, I would say defense, probably. Uh, I think the offense will come around. I mean, I'm a little surprised by how high that offensive rating is right now. Um, yeah. I think it might settle a bit. I think defense is what is going to be this team's calling card through the first Week of the season, I mean, they preach it a whole bunch in preseason. Um, they have, like we said, some guys that can protect the rim and create some problems there. Danny Green's really good. Caruso's been really good defensively. Um, they have the guys there that can be solid defenders. Um, so, yeah, I think the offense kind of settles a little bit. I think in general, I mean, it's obviously small sample size. The Clippers are not going to finish the year with a 119.1 offensive rating. Um, just as the Warriors, I don't think, are going to finish the year with a 120 <laughs> defensive rating. But I, I think know. it's more likely that the defense uh, settles in, inside the top 10 pretty comfortably. Yeah, I, that's, uh, I think the good thing, the thing that makes me feel real good about this team is um, defensively, Frank Vogel is everything that he was like made out to be as a, as mm -hmm. a defensive minded coach. So um, you add a few actually good defenders to that team. I think they can be special defensively. Um, one trend I did not expect to start the season was the Clippers being 22nd in defensive rating. You look at that makeup on the team and they should be a lot better defensively than they are. So um, again, it's really early in the season. A lot of things can change. But I would be genuinely surprised if the Lakers didn't finish in the top 10 in defensive rating this season. Um, Jacob, before we go, we're going to look at the games ahead for the week uh, and see how we think they're going to go, starting with Friday in Dallas, which could very well be Kyle Kuzma's first game back. Um, how do you see that game going? Porzingis and Luka will be an interesting matchup, but... Um 
I would still say the Lakers. Yep, that's I think I agree. I'm looking. I'm, I'm thinking about their guard depth. It's not a lot. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. is hot and cold. Delon Wright, you can say the same thing about him. Um, Seth I like, Curry. Yeah, I like Seth Curry. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. I don't know uh-huh. what it is about those Villanova dudes, but they just know how to play basketball. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd have them winning. Um, I'm terrified to make a pick for Sunday's game against the Spurs because, as we've established, I'm not very good at reading the Spurs. Um, but I I think <laughs> that is not win. a very confident yeah. answer. Uh. I mean, like I said, just looking at the Spurs team, and it's so odd. Uh, I would still say that. I mean, they're they're a bad matchup for him. Like they're not gonna. I guess Jakob Pertl is the starter alongside Aldridge. Yeah. Um, they have the depth in the front court. I think Rudy Gay probably is playing power forward. Pertl um, didn't, didn't end up getting an extension, huh? No, a little surprising. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look. Based on games started, I guess their lineup is Aldridge, Lyles, DeRozan, Forbes, and Murray. Mm. Um, <laughs> Again, what? How? I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to pick the this. Lakers because that that's just such an odd roster. I, I, I think the Lakers can handle that. <laughs> Well, what's funny and a, a moment we should all appreciate is this time last year, the Lakers are scrambling for somebody to defend LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, and it God. ended up being I forgot Jonathan Williams. Yeah. They're saving Sh- grace. So Where did he? Did he? He was with the Rockets Summer League team. Did he end up signing with them? I don't think so, but I, I I don't know. I saw him at Summer League and I was like, hey, there's Jonathan Williams, and that was the extent of my interest in that. Um, I know Mo Wagner, as, as much crap as Maddie Johnson got for drafting Mo Wagner, he's looked good with the Wizards. Could be okay player on a bad team situation, but I mean, he's looked alright. Um, Jonathan Williams is playing in Israel. Okay, well. A little I've, surprising. I thought he was decent last year. I also thought he was decent. If there's a LaMarcus Aldridge in Israel, he's getting <laughs> locked up by Jonathan Williams right now. Uh, the last game the Lakers have before we meet again on Thursday is against the Chicago Bulls um, at the United Center. I was a lot higher on the Bulls than most people coming into the season. I think mostly because I have an irrational love for Thaddeus Young. Uh, I thought that was a weird signing, but, I mean, he went there. It's not a big deal. Uh, and I really like Zach Levine, too. I think he would probably make a case for most improved player if, like, Siakam's out of the running for winning it last season. Um, so I, But I still have them winning that game because, um, I don't know, why not? 3-0. and If – I mean, if you have the irrational love for Thaddeus Young, are you the creator of that graphic that they showed when he was with the Pacers <laughs> comparing them to, to, to Ma- Jordan. Magic Bird, Jordan, and yeah. LeBron, LeBron? Guys with, I pulled it up, players with 800 games to average 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 49% <laughs> field goals, and 30% threes. Just That's... the most hand-picked stats in the history of <laughs> of making a graphic somebody put a graphic together for that uh Elite company no. 
Yeah, the the Lakers are winning that game too. I think the the Bulls are have a bright future, but the Lakers. I still don't know who Luke Cornett is, and he's been in the league multiple <laughs> t- multiple years, and he's their backup center. Like yeah. I I think the Lakers win that one comfortably too. I only know who Luke Cornett is is because I I played with the Knicks one time, just a random team in two K. And I don't know what rating he is as a three-point shooter in 2K. I think he might be a B minus. And I went off with him <laughs> to the point where the guy was playing force quit in the third quarter with Luke Cornett. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if the Lakers, if I had to choose Lakers losing one game, it would probably be against the Mavericks. Because, again, I think top to bottom, for no other reason than the fact that they play under Greg Popovich, the Spurs probably have like more talent in, in an offensive system, but they match up better against the Lakers or sorry, the Lakers match up better against the Spurs than they do the Mavericks who have two budding stu- superstars and Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. So um, I'm still going three and though. I think the Mavericks game is going to be fun though. Especially it's nice. Kuzma plays. Yeah. It's nice going into that game and not worrying about how we're going to defend Porzingis. Well, we have, we have a unicorn too. Yeah, we do. We have uh, two if you if you count. Um, I was trying to think of somebody funny. Uh, I was going to say Costas, but I can't hey, even talk myself fine. into that one. I'm down with it. <laughs> um, well, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed listening to it, head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice little review. Um, I probably I think the most scathing review I've we've gotten was on Twitter, and somebody accused me, not even you, somebody accused me of being a Clippers homer. Which, <laughs> if you say anything, like, remotely positive about the Clippers, you're a Clippers homer. Aiden Wojnarowski was a mouthpiece for Jerry West in the offseason. So, I mean, that's How not all that surprising. How much is Steve Ballmer paying you, Christian? Yeah. <laughs> it's not all that surprising. Um, I am going to get heat for a tweet I sent out last week saying I don't know how the how the Lakers are going to close the gap with the Clippers. See, with I, game I remembered that, and I was almost going to bring it up tonight, but I was yeah. going to let you off the hook. Yeah, no. I I mean, I totally get it. Um, I'm not... I I understand it was early in the season to tweet that, but my logic was... And it could be flawed (laughs) logic. I could be wrong, but that team, as constructed, like, just on paper, match up so well with the Lakers because they have everything the Lakers don't. Like, whether it's two games into the season, which it was when I tweeted it, or like 70 games into the season, bearing trades, they're still going to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the starting lineup and Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell in the second unit. Like, that's a good team that I don't see slowing down. Uh, And I think the Lakers have the best duo out of both of them. I think that's pretty clear. I just don't know if... the With the roster as constructed, and people are going to accuse me as me using this as a mechanism to walk back later in the season. <laughs> and maybe I am subconsciously. Uh, but with the with the roster as constructed right now, if you've listed the most talented players between the Lakers and the Clippers, top to bottom, I think the Clippers would have more players in the top 10. I mean, maybe, but they've been really bad defensively the last... Yeah, three nights. So I mean, but they're adding I, they're adding Paul George, and that's what I always go back to when talking about this team, and and that's assuming that Paul George fits in seamlessly with the team, um, which is assuming a lot because anytime you add a superstar, it's it's tough unless you have 
<sighs> two of the most dynamic players in the league in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't know. Can't relate when it comes to <laughs> superstars not gelling. But um, I don't know. I'm really high on the Clippers. Um, I think they're they're going to be a very good basketball team. Uh, and but I again, I think I think what people read when I say that though is that I'm rooting for the Clippers and like I'd be happy to be wrong about them. Um, I just I think it would be I'd be remiss to look at the Clippers and just go LOL, little brother Clippers, same team they've always been. They they have a good coach, a good roster. It's gonna they're gonna be fun matchups. Uh, and again, I hope I am wrong about the Lakers, and I hope um, that gap is much smaller than I perceive it to be. Good thing is that first or second game hot takes definitely never come back to bite you. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony not. and Brandon Ingram. Show me one <laughs> NBA skill. I but you know what I will say, most of my takes have aged pretty well the the biggest i've ever gotten ratioed on twitter was two games into last season <laughs> so you didn't learn your yeah lesson. no i didn't learn <laughs> well, okay the reason i didn't learn my lesson because i was right somebody tweeted or i tweeted not somebody i'm trying to pin the blame on somebody else i tweeted out that i would trade lonzo ball and brandon ingram for damian lillard in a heartbeat if portland came calling i would do that trade nine times out of ten and i got like ratioed hard on that tweet and i understand that most of them were like kind of durr lakers fans but it was more than i expected like people were telling me i was insane for even like suggesting that lonzo ball and brandon ingram combined were worth damian lillard damian lillard's like probably a top five mvp candidate for me this season yeah, well, at least you didn't do it in the middle of a game going into the fourth quarter, <laughs> trash-talking Damian Lillard, and then have to leave Twitter. Shout-out Harrison. I'm just Shout throwing them all under the bus tonight. Yeah, let's go. Boom, roasted. Who's <laughs> boom, next? Boom, roasted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, a lot of my tweets haven't aged terribly. You just um, delete those. No, I don't. I have not. I have. You know what tweet I haven't deleted? If again, I don't. I don't imagine any Clippers fans are listening to this. But the day, like l- literally, Jacob, hours before it was announced, Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers. There was a tweet prompt that said, uh, "Name something that people overrate," and I put the Clippers as a free agent destination, and it oh got my. a whole bunch of retweets, like from Lakers fans, like, "Oh, we got them," and then. Hours later, Leonard signs with the Clippers. I have not deleted it yet, and it is truly a miracle that nobody's dug it up yet. That might be a testament. <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> that may be a testament to lack of general interest in our Twitter account, which I hope isn't the case because I send <laughs> most of the tweets from there. And we crossed 50,000 followers on there. Not that anybody was watching. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, again, I hope I'm wrong. I think both teams are very good, and I've been encouraged from what I've seen since the Clippers game uh, with the Lakers. It's a fun time to be a Lakers fan. I'm actually looking forward to games instead of dreading them as I have in years past. Well, with that, we will end our show. Thanks for joining me, Jacob, Uh, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.